With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable when it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit contains eight essential medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z Rest easy knowing that their chief medical team, including Dr. Peter McCullough, stand behind every kit. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Don't take chances. Secure your family's health today with The Wellness Company. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. You know, as often as I have thought about changing the theme, I've stayed with it. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. It's already Friday. Fridays come very fast. And such is the passage of what we call life. All right, on that cheerful note, (laughs) good day to you. Should you be celebrating a happy Cinco de Mayo? Sean's roots run deep in Honduras, so it's a special day for Sean McConnell and the McConnells of Honduras. You're appropriating culture right now by dancing to this, and I will report it to the appropriate authorities. I happen to love this music. I don't understand how one does it. It is so happy. Here's an interesting question. All right, thank you, Sean. I really like it. We'll do it again later. Is happy music the product of happy people? I don't have an answer to that, by the way. I I don't. Latino music, or as they would say at your local university, Latinx, Latinx music. <laughs> what an insult to Latinos. It's so obvious that it shows contempt for them. That the, that that's what academics, that's what the left uses. It's contempt. I will use you. I will change your name because I have a, a woke agenda. But the answer to that question is uh, at least not available to me. Some of the classical composers composed, not not usually, but on occasion, happier-sounding music during quite unhappy periods of their lives. And I assume that happy people can write lugubrious music. Sean, do you know what lugubrious means? Okay. He doesn't. And I just don't see the relationship, unless maybe, I don't know, was that Mexican? Was that specifically Mexican? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, or are Mexicans known for being a happy people? Maybe they are. I, I don't, I have no idea. There's certainly a lot of pain in Mexican history, but it, it's a very uh, perplexing question 
does happy music reflect a happy person or a happy culture? You know, I, I have not spoken about artificial intelligence. Uh, it, it is quite scary, actually, and, and I am not in the scared group. Hell of a lot more scary than COVID. So I read a uh, Yuval Harari was writing. I don't remember what where the source was. He's this brilliant Israeli atheist and highly revered in the academic world. I I know he's brilliant. I, I don't quite re- revere his views as much as the academic world does, but that doesn't matter. I just wanted you to understand the source is not religious, the source is not conservative. The first regulation I would suggest is to make it mandatory for AI, artificial intelligence, to disclose that it is an AI. That's... Except, so, uh, uh, here, if I am having conversation with someone, I cannot tell whether it is a human or an AI, that's the end of democracy. So, uh, that's, uh, that's good. That, uh, it solves, or it might solve, I don't even know if it would solve, but it might solve the problem of speaking to an AI speaker. But AI writing, how does that how does that work? Because let's say a kid in school uses artificial intelligence to write a paper on the uh, on the Renaissance. And AI puts out a, a, a wonderful paper. Well, does it say this is written by AI, but even if even if so, just delete it. Now, you might say, well, is there a way of permanently embedding it? Okay, but let's, so let's say it's permanently embedded, but the kid edits it so much or uses only five sentences from it, then it's not fair to the kid that the thing claims to have written it. The thing. Well, maybe it could work in in whom you're speaking to. It's hard to uh, imagine that it will do more good than harm. Maybe, in fact, it it will figure out a way to to cure or prevent cancer. I, I don't know. Because the data that would be given to it is human driven data and maybe assessing all the data that we have as humans on cancer of the liver let's say uh, is not doable by one person but it is doable by artificial intelligence so that remains to be seen Now, I have a uh, perfect challenge, once again, to the secular world. Uh, There are two cases on the Internet, 
they're obviously erased by now, of human beings engaging uh, in sexual activity with a dog. And here, here, this is from the New York Post. A North Carolina man has been accused of being one sick puppy, pun obviously, for allegedly engaging in sexual activity with a dog. Cody Sprague, 31, was charged with committing crimes against nature, a felony, after investigators with the Rowan County Sheriff's Office determined he had sent a graphic video of the activity. WBTV reported. The revolting case is the latest involving alleged sex with a dog. Mississippi 19-year-old Denise Nicole Frazier was recently charged with unnatural intercourse and aggravated animal cruelty for allegedly having sex with the pooch. So we have a 31-year-old man and a 19-year-old woman. So my the reason I'm reporting this, because I almost never report the sensational, whether it's financial mis- mis- misdoings, not misgivings, bad deeds, or, or whatever it is. I, I'm not interested in the sensational, and I don't report it. I'm reporting this with a challenge. What is the secular argument for criminalizing such activities? What is the second? Hey, better. What is the what is the secular argument for declaring it wrong? What uh, what uh, you know? Crime against nature? What what are they? Uh, that's that's a joke. I, I don't I don't know what secular argument you could offer. No, cruelty to animals doesn't work. I mean, that's really, that's what the charge against the guy. I think that's absurd. The the animal presumably had a good time. I mean, no, no, I'm not being cute or joking at all. I wanted the cruelty to animals. What if the animal got off on it? I mean, what is, that's. See, th- this is where secular life doesn't want to acknowledge that when you leave the biblical basis of values in a society, you have really not much left. I've made this argument with public nudity. What is the secular argument against public nudity? There isn't any. There's no, there's no secular argument. If you have one, call me up. One eight Prager seven seven six. If you want to call me up. Natural disasters, airline cancellations, and runway near misses, supply chain issues, inflation, rising interest rates, and sky high government debt. This is Dennis Prager for Amfed Coin and Bullion. 
there's a lot in the news about what consumers cannot control. So let's talk about what you can control. You can control how you choose to invest and protect your wealth. That's why I choose to do business with Nick Grovich and his company, Amfed Coin and Bullion. Now is a great time to own tangible assets like gold, silver, and platinum. With over 41 years experience and tens of thousands of satisfied clients, Nick will help you make informed decisions and show you smart choices, which have been proven winners time and time again. Amfed Coin and Bullion will sell you the right types of precious metals to get the maximum value for your money. Take control of your investments like I did. Call Nick and his team at Amfed Coin and Bullion at 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Are listening to the Dennis Show, the Dennis Prager program or show. Bin Laden SEAL member outraged over drag queen ambassadorship. A Navy SEAL who took part in the mission to kill Osama bin Laden says he was outraged, Daily Mail, over the U.S. Navy using a drag queen for a discarded recruitment program. Robert J. O'Neill, a decorated combat veteran who served for eight years as a member of SEAL Team 6, said on Twitter, quote, he can't believe he fought for this bull. And you fill in the four-letter word at the end of bull. All right, the U.S. Navy is now using an enlisted sailor drag queen as a recruiter. I'm done. China is going to destroy us which is fine with the left. They're helping China destroy us with the utterly and totally destructive policies in the name of the environment, while China continues to use coal and expands its use of coal exponentially all the time. Let's build China. Oh, and of course, lithium batteries. Much of the lithium comes through China. We're doing everything possible to strengthen China. Weaken the dollar, not we, the, the left in the control of the United States. The weakening of the military. That's who we want, recruits who find drag queens really desirable to be with. Oh, there's a guy dancing in a dress. I'm going to join the Navy. His tweet quickly gained 1.1 million views and thousands of likes and retweets. As a Navy veteran, I am ashamed on behalf of the U.S. Navy, one person responded. I hope that goes over as well as Bud Light did. By the way, it's very interesting. There was a picture at uh, uh, the uh, Boston uh, Stadium, the baseball stadium. Was it Fenway Park still? It's still Fenway Park. Wow. I was there once. Still the green monster there? Amazing. And they showed that the Bud the Bud concession was empty. There was nobody in line. This is Boston. I was shocked. Absolutely shocked. You know, there's no city that is more uh, Democrat, more liberal. I was pleasantly shocked, by the way, just for the record. So I'd love to ask the people in the stadium who vote Democrat, 
since you find the idea of using a guy transitioning to becoming a woman, a picture of the guy who says now he's a woman, on a Bud Light can, you find that repulsive, why do you vote Democrat? Once again, as I say almost every day, if Democrats voted their values, there would be no left. Left. Liberals vote left-wing values, not, con- not liberal values, which are usually conservative values. Okay, thank you. This is beyond disturbing. Another person responded to the tweet. I'm a former military officer, and I just can't believe what our brass is doing. The Military Times reported last month the U.S. Navy, Air Force, and Army are all track to fall, are all on track to fall short by thousands of recruits. The Navy specifically is looking at a shortcoming of some 6,000 members. The Army is set to be off by around 10,000, while the Air Force is projected around 3,400. Another achievement of the left. Remember, everything the left touches, it destroys, and the U.S. military is one of them. Remember the heads of the Joint Chiefs testifying in Congress that it is important for people in the armed forces, for our military to engage with white supremacy in, in our culture? Well, one follows the other. America is systemically racist because of conservatism, is followed by, let's all join the Drag Queen Hour, whether it's Story Hour for kids or just the hour of watching guys get erotically charged while dressing and dancing as women. Fascinating that this is now mainstream. Just for the record, there is a law in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, the fifth of the five law books. Well, the fourth of the four. Genesis is not a law book. Which says, you sh- a man shall not wear women's clothing. To which the college graduate who doesn't agree with me thinks he has come up or she has come up with a really good answer. Well, you know, there are cultures in which men wear skirts. Right, and in those cultures, it's not women's clothing. The Bible doesn't define women's clothing. It just says women's clothing. Every culture has men's clothing and women's clothing. That's it. So your culture, which has defined women's clothing... A man is banned from wearing it. Who'd ever have thought an obscure verse in Deuteronomy would be one of the most difficult things to live by in our culture? One of the most challenging, subversive of the left-wing culture that dominates our society. Another one is, God created the human being, male and female, he created them. 
another killer. We return. Hi, everyone. It's great to be with you. I'm Dennis Prager. Hard to read you the following story, but you need to understand what the left is doing. So here's the headline in Daily Mail. Trans woman, that means a man who says he's a woman who abused her daughter, seven, is moved to women's prison. So it's hard to follow. Are you with me? A man who says he's a woman abused his daughter of seven, horrible abuse, sexual abuse, and physical abuse, and is now in a women's prison because he says he's a woman. A transgender female pedophile who filmed, they're they're using the preferred pronoun, who filmed her seven-year-old daughter being sexually abused for horrific porn videos, is being housed in a New Jersey women's prison, despite still having a penis. Did you follow that? It's not easy. I admit it. I, I, I do. Marina Voles, 34, serving her 25-year sentence at the notorious Edna Mann Correctional Facility, alongside her accomplice, Ashley Romero, who joined in the abuse of the girl. Voles, born a man named Matthew, is now recorded as female in official prison records, where her presence at Edna Mayen said to be causing, is said to be causing, they missed, is terror among biological women housed there. Gee, I wonder why. A torturer and abuser of his daughter is still with his male privilege, is in a women's prison, and the women there are scared. How odd. Vols who ran a transgender fetish porn studio. That's truly on the outskirts of life. You've now reached the borders of humanity. Took the youngster from her mother's home in Oregon, then brought her back to New Jersey where she was subjected to horrific sexual abuse, the details of which are too graphic to repeat. Wow. Romero was sent to Edna Mayen, but that, but Vols was initial, initially processed as a man and placed in the Southwood State Prison for men. Two months later, Vols was said to have been transferred to Edna Mayen, but was still recorded as a male inmate in Department of Correctional Records. Of Department of Corrections Records. Last April, two inmates in Edna Edna Mayen fell pregnant after having consensual sex with transgender inmates. It now houses around 30 transgender prisoners and over 800 women. 
Well, that, that is a very uh, shrewd thing for a guy to do in who's in prison. Say he's a woman. And they put him with women. So he gets to have sex with some of the women. And uh, the guy thinks that he he died and went to heaven. Yeah, say you're a woman and you got a harem. Anthony Cowell, Vols's public defender, confirmed the child had been adopted by relatives and added his client had relinquished all parental rights. She, that is the guy saying she's a she, will never see her child again. I can't wrap my head around what happened in this case, the public defender said, adding the evidence was, quote, some of the worst images I have ever seen in my life. Wow. That's his defender saying that. Is the left evil or sick or both? It's a very fair question. Which one or is it both? Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Prankertopia is a way to hear all three hours of my show. Many stations, you hear two hours. So know that I have a three-hour show. You can hear it all commercial-free. And you can hear ten years of my shows, the happiness hour, the male-female hour, Pragertopia.com. This is an amazing story, the sick times in which we live because of the sick people come up with left-wing ideas. It's about a trans woman, a man, whose abuse, sexual abuse of a seven-year-old daughter was so horrific, his public defender said he had never seen pictures like that in his life. So he now says he's a woman, and now he's put into a women's prison. The number in this women's prison is astonishing, 30 of the 800 say that they are women and that's that's all you have to do I'm a woman so I assume that they they shower together imagine the women I assume a fair number of women in prison have been abused by men imagine how they feel with 30 guys amongst them You think there are five out of the 800 women who regard these 
people as women? Wow. What else does this article say? Well, that was it. I ended with, this is the worst images I have ever seen in my life. That's his public defender. On this subject, I never reported this to you. This is from a couple of months ago. Former Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii called out President Joe Biden is from the blaze for his role in helping to advance the, quote, radical woke, unquote, agenda that has resulted in the tragic mutilation of thousands of children. Gabbard, who left the Democratic Party in October, who was calling it an elitist cabal of warmongers, noted on her podcast that Biden and other Democrats are instrumental in a system of child abuse which undermines parental rights, ignores basic biology, and is altogether transforming American public schools into surgeons' waiting areas. What's a good line? Yeah, that's what they are, surgeons' waiting areas. We have leaders in today's Democrat Party who are actively pushing an agenda to sexualize our kids at very young ages in public schools and impose this radical transgender ideology that actually encourages young kids to go through dangerous medical procedures under this very misleading guise of gender-affirming care. Woke Gender Lies was the name of her podcast, Child Abuse and Mutilation. Gender-affirming care in the way they are using this is nothing less than child abuse. Gabbard referenced a recent study in JAMA Pediatrics. JAMA is the Journal of the American Medical Association which indicated that there has been a 389% increase in gender-mutilating operations. The Blaze previously reported on the study, which showed in 2016 approximately 100 adolescents had their chests mutilated. Only a few years later, there had been 489 of these mutilating surgeries performed in a single year representing an increase of nearly 400%. That's what they're referring to. In general, is girls in their teen years having their breasts, their healthy breasts, completely removed so that they more look like a boy. You think these uh, hundreds of girls will be happy Do they have an idea what it means to be a boy? Do boys who become girls have a clue what it means to be a girl? When you say you are the other sex trapped in your body, how do you have a clue what it means to be the other sex? You've never been it. You don't share any of its biological distinctions, whether it's chromosomes or a brain. Even the brain in men and women is different. Defining deviancy up. That was a Democrat who came up with that phrase. 
when they were still liberal Democrats and they hadn't all become leftists. Referencing a study from the UCLA School of Law's Williams Institute, which indicated that the transsexual youth population doubled over a five-year period, Gabbard stated, This didn't just happen. This is very intentional, and it's the consequence of this radical agenda that is being pushed on our kids. They're rejecting the existence of objective reality by rejecting this most fundamental truth of the differences between a biological male and female. Gabbard referenced recent findings from the Food and Drug Administration, which link puberty blocker hormones to brain swelling and vision loss. Just another indication of the extent to which so-called gender-affirming care is both careless and destructive. Dr. Christian Nuslein Volhard, the Nobel Prize-winning Director Emeritus at the Max Planck Institute of Developmental Biology, recently stressed that taking hormones is inherently dangerous, despite the horrific, debilitating, and potentially deadly side effects highlighted by esteemed scientists, Gabbard suggested, quote, that hasn't stopped President Biden from going and telling parents that, quote, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe. A very bad man is President of the United States. I've never said that about any president. It's the happy, 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 happy hour. Yes, it is. Yep. Come hell or high water. Blood, frogs, lice, vermin. Darkness, smiting of the firstborn. Locusts. Oh, yeah, that's the killer. Locusts. Frogs. I said frogs. My friends, the happy make the world better. The unhappy make it worse. That's why we have the happy, 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 happy very important hour. Happiness is a moral virtue, my friends. It's not just an emotional state. In fact, it's more of a moral virtue than a than a an emotional state. Our emotional states they change rapidly. Not just day to day, but in Sean's case, for example, minute to minute. He was happy when he put the theme on and now he's now he's unhappy. And he'll he'll be happy during the second segment, and then unhappy during the third. It's like clockwork. It is truly clockwork. That's why I try to talk to him every other minute. I do. I time. I time my my speaking to him. Welcome to the show, y'all. It's the happiness hour. The happy do make the world better. The unhappy make it worse. Uh, it's certainly true in the United States. And I won't pursue that right now. I have a very interesting subject for you. Would you please put on, Sean, the interesting subject theme music? I got him, ladies and gentlemen. I stumped him. We have no interesting theme. No, we have interesting theme music. We have no, what did I say? Interesting item? Interesting subject, yeah. Sean, it's, uh, I, I can help you out. It's number 843A. 
You are looking at 843, not 843A. <laughs> oh, that's a Beethoven piano sonata. I'll tell you which one. Number one in F minor. Am I right? says that's crazy. Folks, I really know classical music. <laughs> All right, everybody. Look, when I impress Sean, that is a very special moment. Wow! That's right. So here is the interesting uh, theme for you, or interesting subject. So there's... There's been this massive campaign all of my life that you love yourself. And I I have expressed dubiosity with regard to that theme, that meme, uh, for on a number of occasions, but I've never covered it in depth. So self-love, really an important item. And you got to learn to love yourself. So he, I, I, I'll tell you exactly why this is relevant to the happiness hour in a moment. But first, let me say, I don't know anybody who does. Except Sean. Sean does love himself. In fact, I, I frequently see him hugging himself. But other than um, Mr. McConnell, I don't know anybody... If I, I I asked this to my producer, anybody who knows Alan Estrin knows that the idea that he loves himself is foreign to his vocabulary. It's foreign to my vocabulary. But I'll tell you what you should feel. That's that's the key here. That's the punchline for the happiness hour. But first, a few moments on the self-love. I don't know what it means even. If I were to ask my wife, do you love yourself, she, there's no doubt she would say, what do you mean? Now, if, if somebody said to her, do you love Dennis, I don't think she would say, what do you mean? I hope, anyway. You ask me, do you love Sue? Of course I love Sue. Do you love you? What? What? What do you mean, do I love me? Now, if love is an emotion, there's no question I don't love me. <laughs> now, if love is behavior, ah, uh, that's a different story, and I and I think to a large extent it is. Love your neighbor as yourself, Leviticus nineteen eighteen, is a statement not of emotion but of behavior. I could sort of prove it to you with the Hebrew because it really says love to your neighbor, not love your neighbor. So it's how you act toward your, toward your neighbor. Act lovingly. Okay, that, that's, that's good. Now, when it comes to God, by the way, then it says love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Then it is also emotional. It is behavioral, following his laws, and it is emotional. But with regard to ourselves, 
if it, now if you say it's treat yourself in a loving way, then I could I, I guess I could accept that. Once love is removed from the emotional realm, so I emotionally love my wife, my friends, my kids. There are real, there are people I really, really, really love, but I feel toward them a much greater emotional bond than to me. So how should you, in fact, feel about yourself to be a happier person? And anyway, when the people say, "Oh, you you got to learn to love yourself," what does that mean? Sean, I, w- I was kidding about you. I said, you're the only one I know who loves himself. So wh- what is the truth? Do you love yourself? It took a while, but yes. It took a while, but yes. Okay, so then, so you don't, you don't, you wouldn't agree with me. You would think it is, and, and, and this is, this is purely for the sake of clarity. You would say it's a very good uh, goal in one's life to love oneself. But not overly love. Okay, so here's an interesting question. Can you overly love another? Yeah. Really? Yeah? I, 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 could, oh, I could love my wife too much? I could love my kids too much? Can a person... Well, all right. Okay, so it's all about expressing. Yes, well, that's my point. But I, it would be interesting to talk to you about what it means you came to love yourself. I think what you came to is less uh, self. I don't. I want. I don't want to use the word hatred, but I, I think you got rid of a toxic self-image. Yes, more acceptance. Yes, but not love. That, that, yes, look, I know you very well. I know you almost as well as Fergus does. Fergus is his pet mule. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful relationship they have. Anyway, what I think you should have are two other things to be a happier person. Is like yourself and respect yourself. And the reason I say that is that, A, that makes sense. I understand that. Do I like me? Yeah, I think I do. I like me. Do I, do I respect me? I do respect me. But I have earned both the like and the respect. Love is, we're back to our good old nemesis, unconditional love. That's what really people mean. Unconditionally love yourself. What is it? What is it? I don't know what it means because I don't know what conditionally love or unconditionally love oneself is. I understand loving others. In fact, I understand loving classical music more than I understand loving me. (laughs) I I may be wrong, by the way, and if you uh, have a dissent, I really want to hear from you. But my belief is that you'll do better if you work on liking you and respecting you. 
The reason I didn't cheat on exams in high school was secondarily moral. It was, and this may not even be impressive, but I'm telling it to you because it sustains my belief about self-respect. I wouldn't have respected me if I cheated on a test. 1-8 Prager 776. When it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable, you can't afford to take chances when it comes to your health. Introducing the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit, the gold standard solution for your peace of mind. Inside, you'll find eight critical medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, z and more, accompanied by a comprehensive and easy-to-follow guidebook empowering you to take back control of your health. From tick bites to COVID to extreme bioterror events, you're covered at any time. The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board is made up of none other than Dr. Drew Pinsky, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Harvey Risch, and more truth-telling doctors who are committed to building a parallel healthcare system. This medical emergency kit will be your lifeline. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Secure your family's health today with the Wellness Company's medical emergency kit. Accepting oneself song? That's just the way I am? Wow. I don't see much moral growth in that uh, vision. Accept yourself the way you are. So why improve? Anyway, that's my read of that. But anyway, it's the happiness hour. I'm Dennis Prager talking about self-love and how much it's advocated, and I admit to be puzzled by it. I think that uh, for your happiness, the rhetoric would be much better be like yourself and respect yourself. If you do that, I think you'll be a better human being and a happier human being than if you engage in self-love, which I admit I don't understand. I don't recall ever having a loving emotion toward myself. I do recall thinking I like me, and more than that, I respect me. But you work at earning your like, and you work at earning your respect, But love, that's a different story. So I'm curious. Let's see what you folks have to say. Maria in Stillwater, Minnesota. Thank you. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Uh, So my comment kind of question is, um, Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I haven't looked up the original text, if it actually is love. But what is your thought about that? Because I think that's where a lot of Christians say, you know, to, to love right. yourself. Yes. So I thought I addressed that briefly, but I'll address it more now. 
or I'll say again what I said. By the way, I'm just curious, are you aware of the fact that Jesus was quoting the Old Testament? Yes, in Leviticus. Right, yes. yes. Bless you. You know your stuff. All right, you do. How many people know Leviticus? So, uh, as I said earlier, the Hebrew, I might as well say it, because then you'll, I know you won't know the Hebrew, but it, it, it might help in your understanding of what the text means to say. So, the object of a verb in in almost every case in Hebrew takes a word which we do not have anything like in English. The word is et, aleph, taf. So, for example... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. In the beginning, God created et the heavens and the earth. Okay. I gave him the book. I gave him et the book. Love God. Love et God. But when it comes to neighbor, it doesn't say et says lit, which means two. So I've always understood that, and I explain it in my Bible commentary, the Rational Bible, that it means act lovingly toward your, or in a loving way, toward your neighbor as you do to yourself. And that we do. I mean, we take care of ourselves. And we should take care of our neighbor. And just as we take care of ourselves, we should take care of our neighbor. I I think it's a beautiful and profound sentiment. But the idea that we can emotionally have the same feeling toward any stranger, or because that's the neighbor is, not if you don't like stranger, certainly not non-intimate. It would be a very uh, odd person who said, "Oh." I love my neighbor as much as I love my children. No, I don't think God expects that. And I don't think it's it's the aim of life. But if you treat your neighbor in, in the way you treat yourself, most people do take care of themselves. That's what I believe the verse would say. Okay, Fairbanks, Alaska. Eve, hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. So, so you want to discuss whether love is spirit or behavior? And my personal opinion, I would argue that it is a spirit, neither emotion nor behavior. Because when you get the spirit involved, your emotion and your behavior follows. Okay, I, I I know that that's meaning meaningful to you, and I don't say that God forbid in any condescending way. <laughs> I, I, it's not it's not. I, I I don't think I've ever almost ever used the word spirit. So, but I know that it, it's meaningful to you. So, but so let me get to the to the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel that toward yourself? I try very hard. And by doing by doing what? Myself. I to 
to be cognizant of spirit is very difficult because the battle of good and evil is over your mind. And your mind must be cognizant of where you're, where you are within that battle. And that brings you to the spirit. Uh, if, if you're approaching something with the spirit of defeat, that's evil. If you're, if you're thinking, if you walk outside and you look up at the blue sky and you go, wow, this is beautiful, that's the spirit of good, right? So when you're talking about yourself, you well, have the, to the look reason at the, have, So forgive me. The reason I don't know that that's the spirit of good is I, I suspect that uh, child molesters also see the blue sky as beautiful. And there are probably good things spiritually that God is in everybody. So there are always good things that can be found in everyone, you hope. We, we believe. We, I believe you can always find something. Now, that being said, a lot of people spend most of their time with a negative spirit and thus not as happy, shall we say. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't really know how to... The spirit, most people don't think about spirit. I'm one of them. It, right. But God is spirit. So if you don't understand spirit, you can't understand where God is playing. It, you can't uh-huh. understand that battle over your mind. All right. Well, you've thought this through. I salute you. Look, I, I believe I'm a very pragmatic theologian. If, if it works and makes you happier and better and more grateful, I'm all for it. We'll be back. Hi, everybody. This is the Happiness Hour on the Dennis Prager Show. Rather than pursuing loving yourself, I would pursue liking yourself and respecting yourself. I think those are better roads to happiness. It is the Happiness Hour, after all. It's not the morality hour, even though the two are very much related, since happy people do more good than unhappy people do. But I think you do need to think that through, because it just works better. It, it, oh, do I like me? Hmm. Do I respect me? That's, the, that's a really big one. 1-8-Prager-776, Minneapolis and Fonda. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking my call, Dennis. Um, Where, wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm, a, I'm a name man. I never met oh. a Fonda. I know, unfortunately. But um, it came from a name book. No other story than that. Came from a name book? <laughs> yep. Was the name of the book Names No One Ever Uses? Yeah. Okay. I don't I know. It. Yeah, that was the book. Yeah. Yeah, I got settled with that name. Okay, so take it away. It. All right. Um. Well, I know that you uh, don't understand the the emphasis on learning to love yourself because I think in your experience in life that you came from a loving home where you were loved as a child. You were disciplined in, in love. You weren't told that you were worthless. You weren't told you were an idiot. You weren't called the C word. Um, you weren't abused. 
But when you are, when you grow up in that kind of environment, you do not understand the concept that you are worth loving. You're right. I, this is why your your call is important. And I, I fully admit mm-hmm. to that. I, my home was not particularly loving, but I certainly was not told I was an idiot or ugly right. or stupid or, or abused or any or of the lazy. things you mentioned. The only thing right. I, I was told was I was lazy. Okay. And, and my mother feared I would end up in prison because I didn't do any homework. But I, I, didn't, I didn't take that fear seriously. <laughs> right, because you had a base of your value. Right, okay. So that's very important what you're telling me. And right. therefore, I assume you grew up in, in the negative home you're describing. Absolutely. Yes. So, good. This, this is really important to me this call mm-hmm. and I'm sure to listeners so you worked on accepting you liking you loving you what did you work on most loving yourself um well when I was 20 years old um I grew up in a like a Calvinistic family where we're all born in sin and we need to you know be saved and things like that and we have to um humble ourselves and admonish ourselves to take communion at church well, I did that all the time. What I needed was somebody to say, hey, you're, you're worthy of something. You know, you're worth loving. And um, that did not happen there. But that's not because I'm, you know, my parents were bad people. They didn't understand either. They were living in fear of being found to be unlovable or unworthy. By God? By God and other people. Okay, so, so I think, I think how, how, did, how did you get healthier? How did I get healthier? A lot of self-worth. Um, uh, when I was 20, um, I found a book called Love Yourself by Walter Trobisch, and it is not in print anymore, but I still have that book. And um, it helped me to realize what uh, a lack of love for yourself is, and that means that you are not worthy. Worthy, I'm sorry, Um, worthy of? Anything. Worthy of. So so uh, better better to put it is you're worthless. You're worthless, yes. That was one of my my mother's favorite things. I don't don't want you to to develop bad feelings to your parents, but why? I'm way past that. I'm I'm 65 now. I know that, I know. um, But hold on with me because this is really important because here is someone for whom this rhetoric seems to be good. My heart goes out to her, though. Grow up thinking you're worthless is bad. Let Dennis be Dennis. That's pretty much uh, all I could be is Dennis. Hello, everybody. This is the hour you set the agenda. Anything on your mind about you, about me, about life, about death, about fountain pens, classical music, audio equipment, photography, and cigars? I think I'm starting to get it. In the meantime, I invite you to enjoy the music.
everybody. Welcome to the show. This is a favorite of mine. It's how I began my radio career. Whatever was on people's minds, I set no agenda. So this is really special to me. If I don't take your call, please don't be insulted. People are too easily insulted these days. It is not a reflection upon you or your worth or even the worth of the question. It may simply be that it doesn't work. Or maybe I don't know anything about it. What if you call up and ask me about, oh, let's say, French poetry in the 16th century? I have nothing intelligent to say. On the other hand, if you want to talk to me about the use of various keys in Beethoven's works, ah. That will be of interest to a small segment of the audience. All right, here we go. Let's see. Let's go. Hey, hey, good. James, San Diego, thank you for calling. Dennis, it's been such a joy to talk to you. Holy mackerel, this is amazing. Thank you. My question is, or my concern is, Mm -hmm. or disagreement, is I think you put too much value on homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not disagreeing with you that our schools have turned into a bunch of groomers. They have an agenda. I'm not disagreeing with you. My problem is, is that I have so many clients and friends that put their kids in homeschool and they just throw them in front of a computer. That's hmm. not the real answer. The, the real answer for me as a parent of an 18, 16, or 13 year old is being involved. And when I'm involved and I make my kids when they come home from school, or oh, you learn about global warming, or oh, what does Dennis have to say about that on Prager University? And I make them watch these Prager use and get them involved. I, I've just seen. Like my kids go to DI, which is dual immersion, so they're taught in Spanish. I don't speak an ounce of Spanish. I've seen Latino parents pull their Spanish kids out of the class because they couldn't hang. And my point is, is that I was more involved than they were. So I really think the issue is not homeschooling or traditional schooling, although the traditional schools, there is an agenda. They are a bunch of groomers. The real issue for me as a dad is involvement. And the next thing, last thing I'll share with you, is as a realtor, the reason why these parents can't get involved is because they're buying, they're spending too much damn money. Excuse me. They are. They have to work two jobs, mm. so they're not there for Johnny. Before we made a priority before our kids were twelve mm. that one of our one of us would be home. You wouldn't, and you wouldn't be house poor. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair no, enough. no, no. I, I'm, so, I, I'm, I'm just basing that on your comment about people overpaying and then being extended in debt. That's an intelligent call. I thank you. Hmm. The only part I I differ with, by the way, I I have not been using the term grooming. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I just want to make it clear for those new to the show. Ruining is the term I would use. Sexualizing is the term I would use. Prematurely sexualizing, robbing of innocence, and driving them literally crazy. That's what the schools are doing to kids, among other things, like teaching them nothing worthwhile. Uh, The only area of difference, really, is that I have not seen that parents who are homeschooling are throwing their kid in front of a computer and letting them do their own thing, as it were. 
so that would be an interesting uh, subject for people to call in on if they are familiar with the homeschooling world. Is that is that a fair take? By the way, you know how I know he's a realtor? Because he pronounced realtor correctly. Half the country, now more, the say realtor, which it, not, it isn't. All right, let's see here. Uh, Jared in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Hello, Jared. Hello, Dennis. Take my call. Uh, thank you for calling. Yeah, I hope you I reach your quote for Minnesota today. Uh, my question to you is, uh, is sincerity versus gratitude, which is the higher value. I've made a hierarchy of values for myself, and I put sincerity as number one, which I define as taking a genuine interest in other people. And gratitude is number two. But having listened uh, to your Daily Wire Exodus uh, series, um, I've considered switching the two. So I guess the the question is, does being sincere make one more grateful or does being grateful make one more sincere? Well, gratitude is on the top of my list. What, whatever one puts is number two. Uh, I, don't, uh, ha- I don't put almost any value on sincerity since... The uh, there is no relationship between sincerity and goodness. The number of people who do evil who are sincere about their evil is very large. So you, you have a different definition, perhaps, than I do. Sincere, I, I'm not looking at the dictionary, but sincere to me means really mean what they say. Is that- sure, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah. So I guess sincerity may, maybe right. isn't well, so they're, they're, appropriate. Yeah, that's what I think. I think you might want yeah. to rethink that term. They're, you know, there are sincere bad people. There's sincere Nazis. There were sincere communists. There were there are sincere, you name it, leftists, racists. I, I don't, uh, I don't put much value in that particular one. I'm glad you called so that I actually had a chance to say that. I don't know how often I've talked about that. Uh, Germany, is that right? Bob is in Germany. Is that correct, yes, sir? sir? Yeah, where in Germany are yes. you? Yes, sir, dear uh, Dennis. I'm uh, about 78 kilometers above Frankfurt in Gießen, small town of Gießen. Are you German sir, or German-American? Uh, I am American and married to a German wife. Very nice. Okay, thank you for calling. <laughs> I'll be sir, I'll, I'll be in uh, Munich in two weeks. Wow, I would love to be there to see you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Sir? Yeah. Uh, the day before yesterday, uh, I heard your program and it was about the love versus hate and stuff like that. And uh, I got the gist that people were calling in talking about a feeling of love toward the people that uh, 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 could be hated for what they did. But uh, I think it's the behavior. If uh, somebody's treating you real bad, of course you don't feel good. Of course you don't love them. But like Cory Ten Boom did when she met the guard, the kid was responsible for the death of her sister Betsy in a concentration camp. Uh, she uh, saw this guy appearing in her service one time, and she said, I cannot face him, I cannot face him. But she asked the Holy Spirit, she went somewhere to pray in the church, she asked the Holy Spirit to please uh, help me uh, to uh, extend my hand in, in uh, forgiveness. And uh, she did. And that, when she did, she felt all the uh, passion of hate uh, leave. Wow. Well, 
Well, I'm surprised. It, it, I know about Corey Ten Boom, but I didn't know about this. So let, let let me get this clear. She saw the guard who killed her what? Uh, sister Betsy. Her mur- who, who murdered. We should use it correctly. So she met her sister's murderer, a, a, right. a, a Nazi concentration camp guard, moreover, a, right. and he was at a church service? Yes, he became a Christian. Oh, so he, he, he was, uh, uh, I see. He became a Christian. Yeah, because right. you don't you don't normally assume Nazi concentration camp guards spent their Sundays at church. No, it's in the story, The Hiding Place. Right, I, yes, right. The Hiding Place. It's a wonderful book. I didn't read it, but I know a great deal about it. So, and I saw her. Uh, so uh, okay, so he, all right. Well, remember her. this guy. This guy had done penitence. What if she met the right. What if she met the guard in a restaurant, not at the church, and had no reason to assume he was penitent? What should she right. feel then? I would, I would feel sense that she would feel hatred toward this guy for oh, what he did. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, which is what I feel toward him, and I, I didn't lose a relative there. If we are going to have the same emotional reaction to the penitent as to the non-penitent, why be penitent? Right? It ha- it, it has no point. Okay, one eight Prager seven seven six. Amazing. We actually have a couple of lines open. And Christina in Minneapolis. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Dennis. I just wanted to counter the caller who mentioned homeschooler kids might be sitting at their computer um, for hours at home. Um, And I just wanted to counter that with um, kids in school are usually sitting at a desk for six to eight hours, um, which I think is much, well, Sitting at a computer is horrible. Um, but I, I would love to homeschool my kids. Unfortunately, I can't because they would be sitting in front of a computer. Um, but I think the majority of parents who choose to homeschool, they're always doing it because they don't want their kids sitting at a desk. Right, right. Folks, you who have produced all these jingles for me, uh, have you uh, retired? Are you ill? I mean, it's been a while since somebody has orchestrated a jingle. Like, uh, give me the, if life, uh, if nothing's horrific, life is terrific. If nothing's horrific, then life is terrific. Yeah, I I need some of those. Should I offer some ideas of what I'd like jingleized? What do you think, Mr. McConnell? God knows what would happen if I didn't. You know, that I've gotten you to start invoking God is a, <laughs> a damn great achievement. We continue here on what is on thine mind. This is good stuff. You have good stuff. Uh, Detroit, the famous Dale of Detroit. Hello. 
not famous, the infamous. Uh oh. Uh oh, that's intimidating. <laughs> um, so I've got a, a, a disagreement with you, but first of all, I've, I've also homeschooled my kids, so I could comment on that, but that's not why I called. Right. Although I also have a, I also have a jingle that you need to have. You need a jingle for Dennis has a theory. That's what you need a jingle for. <laughs> that was a good one. That's not why I called. I like that. I yes, or just, and now another theory from Dennis. Yeah. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, you, you've been off a couple of Fridays, so I haven't been able to call in and haven't been able to get through. But a couple of weeks ago, you talked about, and, and you've said this in the past, that you don't ever want to know or you don't care if a politician has an affair or right, that's anything right. like that. And right. I disagree with you. Okay. And I do want to know. Uh-huh. However, I will say I will say I want to know, but I won't hold that against them. So why do you want to know? That they have, so if it doesn't make any difference. In the closet, huh? No, it does make a difference. Because? It does make a difference. Because anything that's a secret can be held against them. Oh, I see. For security reasons. National exactly. security reasons. I'm not going to hold it against them. I see, but he can't, be, he can't be blackmailed. Exactly. Oh, that's an so interesting. That that, okay, that, I, I can't argue with that. I don't know whenever that's happened, uh, but uh, at least it makes sense. Has has it? Can you name? I guess you could say, well, there's no way we would know. But I don't know of any politician where it came out later he had an affair and uh, he was blackmailed as a result of it and did things he didn't believe in because of the blackmail. There's a lot of active politicians right now that have that are that could be compromised i'm not going to necessarily name any some of them are pretty high up there's one you know ones that slept with uh chinese uh well um, yeah well that's known he's known he's known and and, now yeah no all right well all right when you you sleep with an enemy spy we need to know yes she was an enemy spy so yes (laughs) I, I think that that is uh, that is important for the public to know. All right, thank you. Good call. And Janice in Westminster, South Carolina. Hello, Janice. Hey, Janice. It's actually Candace. How are you doing today? Wait, wait, wait. Say it again. It's actually Candace. Uh oh. What do you say, Sean? Is, is it punishment room time? Okay. You are going to learn to be more professional. That's what you're going to do. This is one of the only office environments in America that allows corporal punishment of its employees. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Candace, take Um, it away. So I am interested in running for a local office, to be more specific, the mayor of um, my local town. Um, I've uncovered a lot of corruption. Shocking. Right. Um, and I'm just looking for guidance. Like where do, where does a young 31 year old female start to look for what the day to day responsibilities would be of a mayor or a council person or above and below? 
My suspicion is that if one is running for an office in a smaller town, that generally speaking, the learning comes on the job. Okay. And, and if you're organized and have integrity, then you, you're you ahead of a lot of people, obviously. I'll tell you, you though, I, 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 when I said shocking, I was being cute. The truth is, I I don't identify a small South Carolina town as being mired in corruption. So it's actually a, a little, if not shocking, disappointing. Right. Absolutely. That's exactly where I'm at. Like, you know, I've, I, I, I work in construction and I've been around a lot of the guys and girls that run the town, if you will. Um, and I just don't like what I see, you know, um, well, run, 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 of, on, run on that platform. I don't like what I see. That's actually, I think, very effective. If you win, give me a call. If you run, give me a call. We will chart Candace's career on the Dennis Prager Show. We return in a moment. Hello, y'all. Whatever's on your mind hour on the Dennis Prager Show. It's, uh, let's see here. Where do we have a challenge? Here we do. Tom in Philadelphia. Hello. Hey, Dennis. How are you today? Hey, by the way, uh, I'm a totally non-political subject. So you have the 76ers, the Flyers, the Eagles, and what am I missing? The Phillies. So did anybody win a championship this year? Wow, Dennis, really? <laughs> that means no. Oh man, starting off with an insult. Oh, no, okay. Dennis. I didn't I swear to God I did not mean to hurt right, your feelings. I swear to God. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, all. I did not mean to hurt your feelings. I just a lot of heartbreak over uh, here. A lot of heartbreak. Okay, go ahead. All right. That that was the one moment I, I started believing in God after the Eagles lost, but that's another subject. So anyway. Uh, I just want to push back a little bit on these January 6thers that you're saying are political prisoners. Yeah. So in particular, this Jonathan Mellis you're talking about. Yes. I think that's how to pronounce his name. Yes, correct. Now, he switched lawyers like four times. He swapped. And sorry, he switched what? I, I missed one. To... Wait, wait, wait. I missed one word. He switched what? Lawyers. Oh, lawyers. Okay, go ahead. He's on his like fourth lawyer. So everything keeps. What happened? Oh, my God. People are going to definitely think I dropped it. <laughs> when you hear that noise, it means you didn't. Oh, there was a noise. It was his end. All right, well, let me let me take a crack at it. Uh, we do have political prisoners for the first time in American history, in my opinion. It is a very, very worrisome thing to me how politicized the Department of Justice has become. Uh when, when I think of the amount of violence that was not prosecuted in the 2020 riots around this country, and then guys who walked in, women who walked in uh, to nonviolently into the Capitol, uh, a guy like John Mellis, I don't, I, even if John Mellis is guilty, which I don't believe he is, but even if he is, 
that he has not even had a bail hearing, and it is now two years. This is unprecedented, I think, in American history. We give bail hearings to rapists, child molesters, and murderers. Okay, so I made my my, my case briefly uh, in that one, and take a uh, take a religion call. Tim in Fort Worth, Texas. Hello. Hey, Dennis. Good afternoon. I originally actually wanted to talk about fountain pens, but your produce, your, your screener told me I couldn't talk about fountain pens. Wait, hey, 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 wait a minute. That means that my producer has toxified the environment there. I, I did, it, by the way, I, I is that true? Wait throw, a minute. Is that true? You really did want to talk about... I under the bus, but... Wait a minute. You really did want to talk about fountain pens? Yes, I wanted to ask, do you let people borrow your fountain pens? Yes, I do. I know the theory that uh, they'll change the nib. I I, I find that silly. Yeah, you can borrow my fountain pen, my car, but not my wife. Okay, Okay. I do not. But since I I had to change topics, but uh, my question is, uh, what are your thoughts on modern day prophecy? Specifically, I I personally believe uh, I know the, the the religious theories is that prophecy ended with the Old Testament. My 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 personal well, that's that the Jewish were, belief. The, the uh, I assume oh, that the, the Christian belief is, I mean, Jesus if is not described, I don't think, as a prophet, but he certainly plays the role as as not only spokesman right. of God, which is what prophet means, but as God. So, uh, Correct. So as, right, a, right. as a theory, I, I, I personally believe that Jordan Peterson is a modern-day prophet, but I wanted, to, I wanted to just hear your thoughts. Well, in light of my belief that—not uh, belief, my knowledge— that the Hebrew word navi does not mean— uh, uh, prophet, as in one who tells the future. I don't know why that term got used as the translation. It means spokesman to bring forth the word of God. That's what. That's the root of it. And I, I believe that in that sense, there are people in every generation who bring forth the word of God. The question is, though, do they do it believing that they have? this role to play, this vocation from God himself. So it's one thing to be a spokesman. It's another to have been assigned the role directly by God, as Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and the others were. So in that sense, I accept the traditional view that prophecy ended at the end of the Old Testament. I think it's Malachi, I think. And yet I do believe that there are people who are spokesmen of God in every generation. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Out of nowhere, I asked Sean McConnell... Have you ever heard of Rheingold beer? So I'm thinking it was it was a regional beer. Do we still have regional beers? That was a New York beer. That was a New Jersey beer. A New Jersey beer. New Jersey. There you go. I remember it because I remember the ads 
uh, maybe the, the, the jingle will come back to mind. And they have what appears to be a woman on the can. They had a woman on the can? I think she identifies as a identifies as a woman. Wow. You mean a cisgender female on the can? Whew. No wonder I remember Ryan Gold. Because I'm not a beer drinker. I probably remember the woman. Um, wasn't, wait, you know what? I think there was a Miss Rheingold contest. I ought to write up, you know what? I think I should write up a column. Things that existed when I was a kid and no longer do. Like hobbies. (laughs) Like... An entire classroom, a whole school of cisgender students. When I think about it, you know that my entire school identified with their biological sex? Now, it's an interesting question. Were they suppressing their inner trans? What do you believe? Since this didn't exist until just a few years ago, in any numbers, I mean, there were people historically with gender dysphoria in our society, but that was a very, very rare condition, and it was considered a a, a mental illness. Now you have vast numbers of kids saying they are the other sex. Now, do you think that 25 years ago, you don't have to go to my childhood, just 25 years ago, when it virtually didn't exist. Do you think they were suppressing their inner other sex identity? Or do you think that the environment has made it desirable to associate your own issues with the fact that, ah, You will solve your problems if you become a boy or a girl. Okay. Yep, my entire school, that would be a good title for the column. My whole school was cisgendered, was cisgender. My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. East side, west side, and up, down, and down. Rheingold, the dry beer. Friendly, fresh, thing and happily dried beer. Dry means clean. It's on, it's on the TV? Oh, that's the picture. There she is. Oh, uh, look at that. Beverly, is that, what is it? Christian? Beverly Christian. She she was Miss Rheingold, I guess, of that time. Does the beer exist today? I don't think so. By the way, are you a beer drinker, Sean? Okay, is is anybody in in your studio there a beer drinker? No. Oh, damn. I wanted to ask a very simple question. What is the appeal of extra dry for a beer? 
I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Rick says it's supposed to be more thirst quenching. Extra dry is more thirst quenching? Doesn't that sound counterintuitive? We go to your calls here. Let's see here. Newberry, South Carolina. Randy, hello. Hey, Dennis. Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you, and I know you're a very smart man. Mm. But earlier this week, you quoted a scripture from Deuteronomy about being slaves in Egypt. And what it is, the scripture itself being up, being butchered, because the scripture says was, it did not say is. I mean, and I will admit, it's hard to be forgiving somebody while you're going through. But what the scripture says, being that you're not going through anymore, forgive them for what they have done. And this, the point that I'm getting at, they brought in China, which is doing what uh, is going over there. And then they brought in the Nazis and the Jews. Where back in Egypt, the Jews did do that. Where if they want to talk about the Nazis, the Nazis are doing that. So I mean, we talk about past and present, and it's kind of like doing indeed. I mean, you can't go back and claim something. Uh, all right, so I, I think I get I get your point. I, I don't recall what words I used, but uh, I know the point was made when I discussed. I, I, I devoted an hour, folks, a very important hour, to the biblical command in Deuteronomy, right after the Jews left Egypt, or the Israelites, Hebrews, whatever term you wish to use, they are instructed not to hate the Egyptian. And I said, I wish there were voices today saying to black America, do not hate the white. A perfect example of where a biblical verse could save a society. They had just left slavery. Slavery in this country was about 170 years ago. Back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.